Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's go back to 2011 with Squidge. Let's look at the World Cup again with Squidge. Hello and welcome to the Squid Rugby World Cup Retrospective Podcast, the only rugby podcast in which we are still talking about Ireland's 62-12 win over Russia from the 2011 World Cup, in which that's current news and that's a new exciting thing that we want to chat about, we want to talk all about. Is that a challenge to other rugby podcasts? It is. If anyone else listening has a rugby podcast or a film podcast, even better. But even better, yeah. Preferably a film this, podcast. This is a actually. film podcast. In fact, yeah, Mark Kermode. In fact, no, forget about rugby podcasts. We're the only film podcast that's talking about Ireland 62. This Russia is the thing. 12. Whenever I've listened to Kermode and Mayo, they never talk about Ireland's win over Russia. Really? It's like they're really afraid to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know I don't I don't know why I don't know what it is I don't know why they won't accept this challenge. Yeah. Like every time I've turned up at Mark Kermode's house and I've yeah. said to him, "Hey." Marky Mark, can you please... I don't know why Mark Wahlberg's there now. Both of them are there. They're just lying together. Asking what, what he thinks of Fergus McFadden, you exactly. know? Exactly. I just I want to know about Shane Jennings. You yeah. know, I want to know what Mark Kermit thinks of Shane Jennings. Yeah, but you get nothing back, I presume. Ne- he never replies. He never no, says anything. No, So um, It's called the police, even. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a restraining wow. order. I'm wow. going to have to start going Stings to... Stings come around your house. I'm going to ha- Thank you. I'm going to have to go, and, go into Simon Mayo's house instead. It's going to be a nightmare. Right, yeah, that's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. But, you know, if anyone has a film podcast, which statistically at least a third of our listeners do sure. because they're all human they're, beings. Yeah, if they're, all, if they're male, chances yeah. are they have yeah. a podcast. So 99% of people have a podcast. And let's say a third of all podcasts have something to do with films. Sure. So a third of you have film podcasts that should be mentioning Ireland against Russia from 2011. That is, of course, the game we're going to be talking about today. Oh, is it? Just as Chris Hewitt doesn't on the Empire podcast. So we are going to talk about that rugby match. This was... I, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Robbie or Squid or whatever, and you are... I'm Will Owen. Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. Um, we have talked about the game a record amount for the opening few minutes. We have, haven't um, we? It's remarkable. So this was, as I say, Ireland's third game of the World Cup. They yep. were coming into this off the back of, of course, beating Australia to... Good as take the pool, you know. It meant they only had sure. to get a solid result against Italy. Yeah. Um, and they had to not somehow lose to a Russia team Italy that were frankly just happy to be have, there. have, of course, statistically... They're always going to finish third in they every third. Rugby World Cup. But that's, it's every single Rugby World Cup they've always got yeah. third in the pool, haven't they? Yeah. Like, and that's a genuine statistic, that the, every time they well, come the, third. The one exception is 99, where they had that weird system where the pools were all split up differently. So right, there okay. wasn't a... You know, it was, like, it was all over the place. Okay, so but they came like two they, and a half. Yeah, technically, yeah. They, if we just ignore 99 because it was weird. Yeah. Like, that's the only time Ireland haven't gone out in the quarterfinals because he went out in the quarterfinal playoff. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, so you know it's they still lost to Argentina so it's still in sure. spirit um, 99 is like a weird yeah. exception you have to ignore um, yeah. on everything except like Australia were really good yeah. and like Wales lost to Samoa but they didn't play the whole of Samoa so, <laughs> you know, all of that all of the usual jokes so yeah so <laughs> Ireland they do ring the changes to look at the teams yes but they do 
not as much as Declan Kidney said in the week. He wanted to make more changes, but he had a number of injuries. Yeah, uh, he had a number of sort of lots of players with knocks, like Tommy Bow, Paul O'Connell, a lot of players that were, had played against Australia picked up knocks, knocks in that game. And knocks, they just they'd been yeah. at a scout camp afterwards. Yeah, yeah and they'd yeah. just been, been collecting everything around. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin, Martin Gillingham was proud. there, just oh, picking man. them up. Yeah, I hate um, this. so. So a few players like Rob Carney, Keith Earls, uh, who'd played in that previous game, had to double up and play in this one. And then you get certain players like Paddy Wallace is just thrown in. Like, oh yeah, he went to the World yeah. Cup. So Paddy Wallace, this was his third World Cup. What? However, yep, his third World Cup. However, he up until this point had only played seven minutes. What? So he 2003, he was called up and didn't play a single minute. Right. 2003, he came off the bench against Namibia and that was it. Right. Against Russia... This is his first start in a World Cup. Right. It's his third time of asking. Pretty much, yeah. He's certainly playing in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, on the flip side of that, I was thinking about that, like, looking at Sean Cronin throwing in the first few minutes, Mm. thinking, like, oh, wow, this is the same Sean Cronin who got his first Six Nations start, like, a year ago. Yeah, Sean Cronin had just signed for Leinster at this point. Wow. Yeah, Wow. this is, like... You know, formerly Connor's yeah. best player. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can remember him breaking through into the team, and because they kicked out Joe Flannery, hadn't they? He just got injured. He just got right, injured. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so then David Varley has been called up, and he just oh, arrived yeah. like the day before this game. Oh, of course, because they had a complete crisis at hooker, didn't they? Yeah. Because Mike Sherry made it into the squad, did he not? Like eventually, because <laughs> like, they were really scraping yeah. the barrel with hookers eventually. But yeah, no, I, I remember really liking that they brought in Rory Best, who you know was an established player, mm. and then Sean Cronin, like, yeah, Connell represent, but. Yeah, fair play Sean Cronin, starting yeah. World Cup games long before he got a taste of that in the Six Nations. They made him play the full 80 so that Rory Best could have a rest. Yeah. You know, a best rest. <laughs> Bory rest. Yeah, so I mentioned Sean Cronin as well. So it's interesting. I don't know if you watched the version of the game on YouTube. Yes, I did, yes. yeah. Did you watch the first 10 minutes where they've, they've got the kind of pre-coverage of the game? No, not really. I kind of glanced no. over that. So they have this Kiwi guy introducing it, just talking over the footage. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea what he's talking about. He, Go on. I don't, I think he's heard of the countries of Ireland and Russia, and that is the extent of his knowledge. So he begins awkwardly reading off the team sheet, and I think he mispronounces every single player's <laughs> name. So he says, when he's initially beginning to go for the Irish team, starting at the front row, he says, uh, Kayan Hile uh, and Seen Cronin. Seen Cronin. Seen Cronin, wow. who he says, both of the Leicester club. Oh, no. Yep. He oh, says, of no. the Leicester club. Right? And you kind of think, okay, you know, okay, fine. He slipped up there once. Yeah. We've all made that mistake, you know. Sure. Uh, I can only imagine how many times it was made in the 2009 Hiding Cup final when they played each other. Yeah. All of that. I can't wait till he gets onto Donnacher O'Callaghan. <laughs> he actually pronounces the Donnickers right. Really? Like, it's clear he's done his research, you know. He's been yeah, looking okay, over let's that. look at that. Carefully. He then gets into the back row and he says, Sean O'Brien and Jamie Heaslip, okay. both also... Of the Leicester club. You know what? It's funny though, because Grant Nisbet didn't get Jamie Heaslip's name right. And this guy did. Yes. So he's not yeah. Rodney Heaslip this time around. <laughs> of course not. So this guy's doing pretty well, I think. However, I need to draw your attention to my favourite bit, where okay. he really starts bullshitting. Right. <laughs> because he goes, he clearly looks at the teams, goes, right, who do I know? Who do I know? Ronan O'Gara, I've heard of that guy. Where do I know that name? You know, he's played a lot for Ireland. He must have done. And so he makes up what his own analysis on Ronan O'Gara. Oh, no. Okay? Okay. And I need you to hear this. From the Leicester club, and with 43 tests, a ton of experience. To the hearts we go. O'Gara is one man you need to keep your eye on. Of course, he's very, very quick. Ronan O'Gara playing his 113th, in fact, 115th test. So, yeah, he's clearly picked up and gone, good player, Ronan O'Gara. 
you know, we can agree. Yeah. Renegara, yeah. good at rugby. Yes. And he's picked that up from somewhere because, let's face it, he is the standout name in this team sheet. Yeah. You know, he's the most experienced man. Heaslip and Healy obviously go on to become, you know, yeah. I guess Heaslip mostly is by this point. Rob Carney, you know. Yeah, sure, Carney and O'Brien, obviously. But O'Gara, circa 2011, is the standout name <clears> in this <throat> squad. So, you know, it makes sense that a New Zealander looks at that team sheet and goes, oh yeah, he's the one I heard of. He's yeah. the one I know. Good attacking threat, probably, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's gone. Yeah, sure, he's very, very quick. Yeah. Great. Um, Ronogar was many things, but he was not quick. Never yeah. mind very, very quick. All respect to him, you know. Yeah. Great player. And it's interesting. Speed, you then, nah. You then watch the game. And Ronan the guy is doing everything to get around the fact that he is very, very slow, but has to play attacking rugby. Yeah. Like, it's the, constant cross kicks. There are a couple of instances, though, where Agara, and Sexton has the same thing when he comes on, mm. where Agara thinks, like, this is the one game where I might score a try. <laughs> and there's a couple of times where he carries the ball in when he gets close to the line. And I, I, I was kind of, like, rooting for him and thinking, like, oh, come on, like, you don't get to see Rog score that many tries. So certainly at this point, you know, maybe when he's a bit younger, he's got a few yeah. more tries for Ireland. And Sexton, when he comes on, starts just being a twat and just thinking, like, I need to score against these pesky, you know, I know. Russians. He's full on fuming Sexton rage, isn't he? Like, yeah. every time he comes off the bench, he looks furious. Sure. And for the record, we'll keep our chat about Jonathan Sexton to this little bubble so it doesn't dominate uh, talking too much on this podcast about. Because, you know, Jonathan Sexton can often dominate discourse surrounding a match. But, you know, Jonathan Sexton came on, was fuming, was fine for a shit pass, and that was kind of his game uh jonathan sexton can dominate just like he hasn't for several years yeah <laughs> since he was world player of the year deservedly so yeah and then he dropped off a cliff and was yeah. fuming about it anyway that's that's all i have to say sexton yeah uh, uh the one was bad the one of a weird thing that that guy says as he's introducing the game is having ran through both teams and as i say kind of kind of made it up you know like the only player he's got any idea who they are on the russia team is adam burns um, of course, who super yeah, rugby? Yeah, and he tells player. a story about his mum or him knowing his mum had connections to Russia, and he tells it really badly, like right. he's sort of struggling over. And he at one point just he he clearly is looking at the name of the town his grandmother's from, right? Uh, and he just says it in the middle of a sentence. He's just kind of going, yeah, I can't remember the name of the town, so let's just say Moscow as the sure as a, as a city in placeholder. Yeah. yeah, so he's just kind of reading out these stats he's saying uh so adam burns of course spoke to his mother uh knowing his grandmother moscow was born <laughs> in russia <laughs> he just got he's kind of umming and ahhing more and he's not quite sure what he's saying and he just throws the word in the wrong place fair play that's that's a yeah. good way to distribute your knowledge of a person he then and i was quite excited because i thought we we're going to get to listen to this guy all game yeah he then says and i wrote this down word for word verbatim Let's go to our wonderfully professional international commentators, <laughs> Simon Ward and Alan Quinlan. Who, again, he's probably heard of for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Ago. Yeah. A wonderfully professional. <laughs> As in, they've done their research. They're not looking at the team for the first time right now. Sure, sure. And, you know, Alan Quinlan sounds like an Irish name. He's probably played with a lot of them. Yeah. Which he has. He has. So. It's, it's a great example of my... My eternal theory in Alan Quinlan, which is that he's a great commentator when he isn't talking about Munster or Ireland. Yes, yes. And this was sort of his first gig as a yeah. commentator was this World Cup, wasn't it? And I can remember him coming through and thinking like, oh, his analysis is actually really good. Yeah. But obviously it's fine watching a game like this where it's kind of expected that he should yeah. be biased to Ireland. Yes. Because that's who we're all the, mostly watching. My but... favourite moment of Quinlan in this game 
is at one point he says Ireland look furious with Russia. You know they've really and only in you know in, in a yeah, sure. Cork accent. <laughs> yeah, they look furious. They really Russia really wound them up. They look really really angry. Full credit to Russia for that. <laughs> And because that was his job, you know, and he just keeps yeah, praising Russia for how annoyed all of Ireland look with them. Yeah, yeah, a few more high tackles than suffice yeah. at this point. Yeah, no, fair play. And to be fair, I, I know exactly what point in the game you're referring to because mm. there's that point where Russia sort of get back into it, which I suppose we'll probably get onto yeah, later yeah. on in the, this. But yeah, and Ireland do completely lose their heads for a little bit for like a 10, 15 minute period. But yeah. Uh, speaking of losing their heads, A, Russia make a lot of high tackles. Sure. And B, they start the game in quite a, should we say, bold manner. Sure. Um, the first thing I notice about this game is that the touch judge on the far side from where the camera is, is Jerome Garces, who has, who's like really young and has like Beatles hair. And like, he looks so different from like 2015. Yeah. And it's weird to think, oh, wow, he was young and not that good once. It's like, sorry. So there's like, there's a Beatles era Jerome Garces. Yeah. There's a, a, a. Jerome, okay, I just yeah. this this information could take a lot of processing. Yeah, because I never had. Okay, you're gonna need to give me a minute to process this image of just like a cross between Ringo Starr and Jerome Garcia. That's that's literally what it is. Yeah, and also like. <laughs> Refereeing has aged Jerome Garcés quite significantly. Oh yeah, like he yeah. he he looks good in 2011. Like he's a, yeah, you know, a pretty fe- fresh-faced young man. Uh, he's done pretty well for himself. But no, uh, but it, I remember watching that interview of him before the World Cup final last year. Yeah, and how old he suddenly looked when they yeah. showed because they threw to like a clip of him in 2015 yeah. refereeing his first World Cup match or whatever, and because going man he's aged and i didn't really notice at the time but yeah. in four years yeah mate look at how much he is in eight years you'd be yeah. surprised because he suddenly looks like quite an elder statement like very classy french bloke Whereas yeah in 2015 he looked <laughs> i hate to say it normal <laughs> should we move on to the game because you Please. were about to make a point about how the game started oh yeah so you know uh Ireland do that thing that all tier one nations do early on where they kick a penalty to show respect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They show like, well, yeah, we're taking this game seriously. We're going to kick a penalty. Loves it. Yeah. yeah. And then from there on out, they just chuck about the ball randomly. Yeah. Like, Ireland throw like a record number of forward passes in this game. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> every pass seems to drift forward. Yeah, yeah. And they got away with the, yeah. 99%. Yeah, like, yeah. Quite a lot of them they get away with. But yeah. Jamie Heaster throws like five forward passes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's weird because like there was a point where... Uh, Jamie he gets the ball in a slightly broken field where he's sort mm. of stood in the centre channel and he passes the ball and I was thinking like, wait is that Jamie Heaslip passing because like, normally that's the situation where that's Jamie Heaslip's bread and butter to carry in that yeah. situation and he passes the ball and it looks like throughout this game because like he's playing a bit more of a distributor role than he ever would normally yeah. when he's playing for Leinster or whatever or you know in a big Irish test match not to discredit this but like obviously given the scoreline you know mm. uh, in a close test match I should say and it looks like he doesn't know how to distribute because like <laughs> all of his passes end up drifting forward or being a bit too high mm. or whatever. None of them go to ground or anything. Or none of them are penalised as forward passes. They don't get dropped yeah. or anything like that. But it looks like he's so uncomfortable playing this new role that he's given himself. <laughs> but he was in that sort of era of 2010-11 when he was, I think, was the best form of his career. Yeah. When he played for Leinster and then for Ireland as well. He did pass more and he did distribute yeah. more. And he was, as well as being a dynamic cam- yeah. carry his skills are very of. underrated yeah. Yeah. and you always think of him as being like quite quick a good line up forward as well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also while we're here 
Uh, I spoke to you about this yesterday, mm-hmm. and I have to credit my friend Alad for pointing this out to me. However, Matt Berninger, who is the lead singer of The National, released an album last week, last Friday, and there's one track on it where the gang backing vocals are done by Jamie Heaslip and Sean O'Brien. <laughs> what did Donica Ryan do? Yeah, in this game did not qualify. I was, was going to say. the one of Ryland back row who yeah. doesn't do backing vocals. Yeah, I was like, did he not see Stephen Ferris picking up Will Genia the, honestly, in the previous game? Honestly, it's almost like Donica Ryan isn't that common a name outside of Ireland. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Heaslip's a really uncommon we, name. We should say it's a different one. Yeah, like, I assumed different. it was the same one. I assumed he yeah. must be, like, be a secret Leinster fan or something. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, like Matt Bernier, if you're listening, yeah. you know, tell us which Irish province you'd support. But... It's Leinster, uh, we know that. Yeah, unless it's the Connaught Sean O'Brien. <laughs> Good point. Or the other Sean O'Brien that plays for the under 20s. Yeah, 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 exactly. But J- Jamie Heaslip's a very uncommon name. Also, yeah, yeah, it's great to see that Jamie Heaslip's finally got a job in audio well, <laughs> uh, after a suggestion of podcasts. He's mentioned on a podcast here. That's pretty good going. That's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, I said this at the time. I've never heard of another person with the surname Heaslip. No. What are the chances both of them would be called Jamie? Rodney, to be Rodney. fair. <laughs> Rodney. Rodney, fair point. Fair point. Thank you, Grant. So, yeah, as we say, like, Ireland kicked the penalty. And then there's a really quick yellow card. Oh, what a yellow card it is. What? So it starts off that Russia have decent possession, you know, mm. around halfway. And Konstantin Rashkov, the Russian fly half, he's he normally looks a centre. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can't, he's very good at playing both positions, mm-hmm. usually. This isn't a good example of that. But he's about to do, I guess, an up and under. Mm. And then he kind of last minute thinks, maybe we could do a chip instead. And he's caught somewhere between the two. Yeah. And the, the ball goes about 15 yards in the air and about three yards forward. And it's it's very confused what that kick wants to be. And so Ireland counterattack. And what happens next, Robbie Owen? Um, I mean, Ireland do counterattack. Yeah. And I'd say it goes pretty well. Sure, it goes pretty well. But then, <laughs> what stops it from being perfect? Konstantin Rashkov. Konstantin Rashkov himself gets in the way in a creative, um, maybe slightly cynical, maybe totally fucking illegal manner. <laughs> the thing is, though, right? you say about this being a remarkable yellow card. You... You ignore... We're skipping ahead a bit. Okay, okay, come back to this. I know where you're about <laughs> yeah. to go with this. So I'll just finish explaining this yes. and then we'll come on to that. So Konstantin Rashkov goes for what at the time I would have described as one of the most blatant deliberate knock-ons you'll ever see because I think it's Paddy Wallace is releasing the pass mm. and Rashkov just like, he basically slaps the ball down as far away as possible and he more or less starts jogging to the sideline before the referee's pulled the yellow card out of his pocket because he knows that like, it was like... Because... A deliberate knock-on, the, the sort of uh, definition of that has slightly changed, that mm. if you're not actively trying to catch the ball, it's a deliberate knock-on. Yeah. Whereas he was deliberately actively trying to knock that ball on as far as possible uh, on that, which yeah. I guess is more what the definition was back then. Whereas I think now today's definition is probably more accurate, frankly, <laughs> uh, because pe- you know people used to get away with stuff back yeah. then, which was cynical. So, yeah, Rashkov more than flails his arm. He fully swings for the ball and sends it flying and thinks, yeah, worth the 10 minutes in the bin and goes straight to the sideline, you know, just so, as the referee starts to call yeah, him over. because I'd just, as this happens, I just began to write something in my notes and I sort of looked up and wasn't quite sure what had just happened. And it wasn't until, you know, I saw the replay, I was like, oh, yeah, that is a yellow card, you know, after yeah. thinking, oh, it's a really quick yellow card. I didn't have the moment of hilarity as it yeah, came on. Yeah, yeah. And so instead, I got that moment from a beat towards the end of this half. Sure. So there was a point 
where it's worth again saying we're recording this in person we're in the same room for this particular episode mm-hmm. uh we're in the same house i watched the game earlier today mm-hmm. you watched it uh slightly later on so i was walking upstairs and walked past your room and i heard you just burst into laughter <laughs> and i was just thinking oh dennis antonoff just stuck his arm up <laughs> not dennis no. antonoff andrew garbazov sorry yeah andrew garbazov yep that was exactly what happened yeah so <laughs> right so island launch i think uh you know again a good counter-attack right sure. and garbazov makes a tackle on i think it's paddy wallace again you know brings him to ground but he manages to offload island then keep going forward you know they they keep the ball alive uh until a russian player i think it might be Artemyev, makes the tackle to bring him to ground yeah and a phase forms garbazov <laughs> is jogging back into the defensive line as the ball comes out from the scrum half. Emphasis <laughs> on jogging. Yes. Garbazov is strolling back in the general direction of the defensive line as the ball comes out. And he sees the ball in front of him. It's not going to hit him. You know, it's not like one of those scrum half passes where, no, like, Reese Webb does all the time. He just passes into the yeah. outside man, yeah. Um, it's not that. He's not doing that. Garbazov just goes, you know what? <laughs> and he punches the ball away like back towards his own try line at full stretch like yeah he is he's like so actively trying to illegally kill this island attack and he slaps the ball and like it made rashkov's yellow card look so mild but it's just i like i need to emphasize this like he's it's a man in an offside position he's, he's a good five seven meters offside yeah like properly, ma- he's basically stood in his left fly half. Yeah, and he slaps it so far forward, like it goes beyond the ruck, it bounces beyond that, like to roughly where the Russian like scrum half fullback cover is. Yeah, this is in Russia's own twenty-two. Yes, and it goes so badly. I have so much momentum as well. It goes so badly that he goes past the cover, bounces past the cover onto the try line where Andrew Trimble follows up and dives on it. It's phenomenal. Like, like, you say professional foul. Right? Yeah. It's, in a sense, it's the most professional foul you'll ever see. But it doesn't account for the fact that Andrew Trimble's boot is inches away from the ball yeah. as it bounces on the floor. Like it's it, Because it's the most cynical bit of play you'll see all World yeah. Cup. And yet, it doesn't kill the attack. And in fact, it's an assist. So what happens after this? Because the story's still not finished. It's Craig mm. Joubert calls him over, fuming. Yes. Craig Joubert refereeing this game. Calls over Gar- Garbasov and says, like, he basically says, I... if not for the fact that that pressure foul was so shit that they scored, you would be in the bin. He, and he says yeah. to him, you know, I should be sending his, you off. His phrase is, and I wrote this down, I'm going to make a game decision. What does that for mean? The, I assume it's for the sake for the of the game. Of game. For the good of the game, I'm not going to send you off because when you were sent down before, you scored two tries and, you know, I yeah. scored two tries very quickly. Um, <laughs> so he says, I'm How not going to do that. How's he away with that? Like, that's not a justification. No. For, there's no way someone should not go to the bin for the most blatant yellow card offence on a try scoring opportunity. The thing is, he turns it into, a, like, you know, the thing I say about, like, he can't arms pass. In the World yes. Cup final last year, where he turns it from an 80% try into 100% sure. try. Like, he does that accidentally. He yeah. turns it from an 80% yeah, try into 100% opposition. try. Yeah, for the opposition, for Andrew Bloody Trimble, who is, is a fun stat for you. Uh, it's been 20 tests since Andrew Trimble last scored a try. Yeah. 20 tests exactly since yeah. he last no, scored for Ireland. But um, I do understand that a game decision is a thing that exists. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, changing your perception on of the laws based on how the game is going and the momentum of it and which mm. team, whatever. I understand that's a thing, but in this scenario, yeah, you send him to the bin. I remember 
Wallaby Springboks about a year before this, 2010. Right. Um, I want to say it was Peter Fitzgibbon refereeing, if you remember him. Um, there is no chance Peter Fitzgibbon got that gig. That That's it. Like, in my head it was him, but I don't think it was. It was a bald Irish guy, you know. Right. Okay. Probably someone else. Who... Probably Alan Lewis or somebody. Yeah. It was the game where Drew Mitchell got the two... He scores that brilliant juggling try. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. But then gets two yellow cards and oh, gets course, sent off. yeah. Um, is that the same game? Same game, I think so. Oh, really? Oh, no, maybe it, it was the same summer, at least. Yeah. Wasn't it? So, yeah. Anyway, carry He's, on. He definitely scored and then got two yellow cards. I think it might not be the juggling right, try. Right, okay, yeah. Um, that makes sense. But, yeah, so Drew Mitchell gets his first yellow card. Then the referee calls him over to give his second yellow card. And he says, I cannot be held accountable for the impact this will have on the game. And look, the referee says that. Yeah. I cannot be held accountable for the impact of this. Yes, you can. You're supposed to be. Yeah. It says in the laws, the referee's decision is final. It's it's nice that he's trying to have empathy, though. It's like, sure. sorry, but... Uh, well, no, he's just saying it it's not my fault, mate. Yeah. You know, it's not my fault. Don't look at me. Yeah. But no, I'm looking at you. Bless. And I'm also going to look at Drew Mitchell for doing two, you know, yellow card offences. Sure. Um, and I'm going to look at Andrew Garbazov at all times, because even in games where Russia aren't playing, I think he could still reach out and slap the ball back. Yeah. In great moments of shit shit hours, really. Yeah. Like, I don't Andrew feel like we've done king. this justice. No, we as haven't. the most blatant piece of cheating. Should, I say, it made me guffaw. Should, I, think, I, I think we ought to like attach a video of this or something. Sure, um, okay. Or, yeah, on Twitter or something. Just so people can see just how criminal this is. Because like we talk about a lot of moments in games and stuff, but this, yeah. is, this is quite something. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing to mention from about that time. So as Ireland are really pulling away, uh, Simon Ward, the main commentator, says, because he sees a re- rainbow coming over the horizon because it stopped raining Oh, no, no. Is this going where I think it is? Do you do you know what he says? Do you remember? Is it so- you no, this? I didn't hear this. He says, well, of course, all the Irishmen, he then like yeah. pauses and says, this is really clever. We're we looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And there's then a moment's silence as Alan Quinn then presumably just looks at him with with the face that Mr. Lion's tore for gouging. Yeah. And there's this moment's silence. Then he follows up and says, it really is a beautiful rainbow <laughs> forming right now. And then there's another moment's silence. And Simon Ward says, the pot of gold would, of course, be the World Cup itself. Ireland will be looking forward to a quarterfinal on this date if they this. can qualify. I hate this. I was going to ask if the moment's silence was for Simon Ward after he was deceased. <laughs> so by Iron Quinlan. I wrote this down, right? He says initially the last, the word gold from the phrase pot of gold mm-hmm. at 10.46 on the match clock. Alan Quinn then next speaks at 11.38. Oh, wow. That's almost a full minute of silence of just, I'm not talking to you, mate. Wow, that's bad. As he continues to just dig the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And it isn't until something starts happening in the game that Alan Quinlan goes, you know, Ireland are going to need to, um, I'm going to need to develop a cork accent, uh, and then Ireland are going to need to, you know, to start changing the way they use their runners or whatever. Yeah. You know, he starts commenting on whatever's happening and whatever, whatever's just taken place. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, should we talk about a couple of tries? Uh, we could do. We yeah. could do. You or, sound like you have other plans. Or we could play a game. Okay. I, I like games. Cool. So... This was something I decided to do to look up. There's a traditional Russian party game. Okay. What? Called Let's All Go to the Ball. Right. Let's All it's Go like, to the Ball. It's like a Russian, yeah. It's like a, a a Russian kind of parlor game. Right. You know. Is that the game that the Russian Pat were playing in this game when they were honeypotting around the breakdown? Good, good, good joke. Um, so... Uh, the idea is, you know, it's like it's like a like a ball in Cinderella, you know, right? Like, like that okay. kind of ball. Okay. Um, yeah. So the idea of the game is going to pass down through generations of Russians and so on. Right. Um, is that you're at the start of the game? There'll be one player, which will be me in this case, sure. um, who is receives the invitation to the ball to give to the other players. Right. Okay. okay. The game begins with a short rhyme in which the speaker tells the other players. That a case containing several hundred rubles, which, you know the currency at the time, right. uh, and a note has been delivered. The note invites players to the ball and contains instructions on what to do and what not to do, what to say or what not. Sorry, what not to do, what not to say, what colours not to wear. The speaker right. gets up to make these instructions. Um, the speaker, which again is me, then asks each player a series of questions about their plans for the ball, all designed to trick players into saying one of the forbidden words or doing one of the forbidden things. This is somehow more confusing than the quiz we did with Nick Keith. <laughs> okay, basically, right, if it was the this version with the, the ball, right, I would say, you know, so the example it gives here, the, you'd say, a lady has arrived and brought a case. In the case, there is money in the sum of 100 rubles and a note. You're instructed not to laugh, not to pout, not to say yes or no, not to wear black or white. Will you go to the ball, right? And then you'd say, I will go to the ball. And then I'd run through like, okay, at the ball, what do you wear to the ball? You know, and if you say black, anything that's black or white, etc. And you've got to try and get through the ball, the dance, the occasion, without doing any of the things that are banned at the ball. Right? Okay. And normally be whichever player. And you have a list of things that are banned. Or yeah, something. like okay, I give you the okay. list at the start. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and normally the idea would be you've got to get to the whoever lasts the longest at the ball wins. Okay. Okay. Without doing any of the things that are banned. Uh, okay. 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 Let's try, give I've, this a go. I've changed this okay. to Will you go to the mall? Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you a list of things you cannot do or you cannot say. Okay. okay. You are currently you're starting with a line out your throw on the twenty two. You've got to try and score a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get turned over. Or you do any of those things that I list, you lose. Right. Okay. So for for some recon, uh, you're playing as a pretty good team. Your island, I say in this game. Okay. Your opposition are pretty shit, but they have one really good lineout jumper. All right. Okay. 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 That's like that. That's the basis intro. Okay. Okay. So a hooker has arrived and thrown it in. In the case, there are the prospect of seven points and a note. Right. You're instructed not to latch, not to kick, and not to say front, tail, forward, or back. Okay? Okay, okay. 
and you may not say yes, no, or Ben Vola Vola. <laughs> okay? Okay. So you can't call it the front or tail, you, but you, you can't use those words. You can't say forward or back, you can't say yes or no, and you can't say Ben Vola Vola. Okay, okay. Okay. Will you go to the mall? Yeah. You just lost. Oh, shit. <laughs> you just lost. <laughs> that didn't take long. This game is terrible. So I've just listed the word. So you can't say the words yes, no, forward right, or back. Okay, okay. You can't say front or tail. Uh, you're not How allowed to kick. How do I answer the question? Okay. Do I well, you've, go got to, you've got to come up with a way to answer the question. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, will you go to the mall? My man would, would jump at six. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Uh, the opposition jump in the middle that you missed there. They, they, they miss it. Cool. Okay. Do you want to form a mall? Uh, I wish to propel my team towards the try line. <laughs> Do you want to form a mall? I, I, You're allowed to say the word mall. You're allowed to say, I like I to form a mall. I wish to mall. Yeah. Cool. Uh, no, you like to say mall. Yeah. Y- yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, didn't yeah. notice. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Benefit of the doubt. Uh, okay. Do you want to commit truck and trailer? <laughs> I do not wish to be turned over via penalty. Okay. Uh that you get a slight drive on. You get a bit of a drive on, okay? Cool. The referee says stopped once. Do you use it? I wish to continue mauling. Mm-hmm. You continue pushing. You continue getting further. You're up to about fifteen meters away from the try line. Fifteen. The referee says use it twice use it. That says twice, use it. Do you use it? Um the scrum half will break oh, hang on, which touchline are we on? Oh left. On the left-hand touchline. So my scrum half will break off to the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. My uh, inside centre will be running a short line of him with the winger running out the back. Um, however, You're getting too carried away I, with um, this. I hit the inside centre um, rather than the winger or a nondescript Fijian fly half who's uh, <laughs> playing for Ireland uh, out the back. So I, I hit the 12 on a short ball. Okay. That's it. Does your 12 crash it up? Uh my my twelve aims for a gap, but he, he's he's pretty good on the crash ball. So, um, sure, he is met pretty much on the gain line, fifteen okay. meters out. Uh-huh. Do you spread it wide? What's the score? Uh, six three. How long's been played? Uh, about twenty minutes. Who's winning? Uh, you. Okay, about twenty minutes. Um, you soften them up, you know. Is that kind of all right? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I wish to. Uh, Bring my forwards around to the right-hand side and keep keep playing via them. So keep playing Do you with pick them. and go? No, no, no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I nearly got away with that as well. <laughs> you use the word forward as well. You said you bring your forwards around to the left-hand side. Oh, yeah. Bring my pack. Yeah. Ah. You lost twice and I missed it both times. I missed three times. I said yes earlier and you didn't <laughs> notice. <laughs> I noticed after you kind of winced. Yeah. Um, I'm not very good at this game. Me neither. I had, a, <laughs> I, had a, I had a bunch of questions lined up. Um, just things like, <laughs> like, do you pass to your number eight to crash it up? Uh, yeah. And then I say, no, your number isn't the mall. You pass it forward, you idiot. You lose. It's weird to think we effectively just role-played an attack in the 22. Yeah. I was considering, like, do I just uh, run this as, like, a Dungeon and Dragons thing? I was, that's basically yeah. what it was. And it's, is it weird that I weirdly enjoyed that? I know. I know what you mean, yeah. Like, you were making up a defence for me. The... You made up... You invented a gain line. <laughs> yeah. And I was... I believed it. I wanted to fight for the inches beyond that gain line. 
Um, do you want to know the ways you could have scored? Okay. Uh, if you'd kept it in the mall three times beyond, you know, being the referee. Oh, the penalty it, wouldn't have. The penalty wouldn't have come. The, ref, the referee would have just gotten over eventually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you didn't have the balls to penalise me for not using it the second time. Yeah. Ah. Then, if I asked you if you wanted to pick and go, if you said I'd want to pick and go eight times, you'd have scored. <laughs> would have taken you eight phases. And then you had options about spreading it wide. Does your fly half pass? Okay, okay. Um, eventually, the 13 goes himself. The Their opposition wing will fall for the dummy. Uh, okay. uh, he'd score. Uh, the wing will be put into touch. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, if you'd just thrown it to the middle, <laughs> um, if you'd thrown it to the middle, you would have been turned over right away and lost. Okay, okay. Okay. Why did I enjoy that? I know. I know. Dungeons We're maybe going to need to... Like, Maybe I need to start DMing. I was like going to say, can, can we just get guests on and just play this with like them? a I rugby Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like man. you need to roll to see how good your tackle is. Yeah, exactly. There's genuinely maybe a game in this. Yeah, like, roll for how many men you can commit to the mall. <laughs> like I adapted what is a pretty stupid parlor game into yeah. like rugby Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons and have no intention of doing so. However, that was really good. Yeah, I've done it once. Uh. Um, it didn't. You know, it was a it was a whole thing. Yeah, it was like yeah. a really overcomplicated. Did the referee have a toe to use, use it twice in that game? No, 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 it was really gutting. There was no mentions of Ben Vola Vola. No, just like no Craig Joubert yeah. present in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, should we talk about the game? Can do. Cool. Uh, I was going to talk about the first try, which oh, was yeah. uh, oh, scored yeah. by Fergus yes. McFadden. So I, I remember this try exactly, like every beat of it, except in my head it was scored by Keith Earls. <laughs> You see, no, I remember this try for a very specific reason. So, uh, I would have been mm. 14 years old mm. when I watched this game. And we'd gotten up previously to watch the Fiji Samoa game, which was on at about 3am yeah. in UK time. So, this game was on immediately afterwards. So, by this point, it was probably about 5, 6am. Uh, I think it might have been on a school day as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll look this up later. But I was very sleepy. Mm. And I'd had a nap at some point for a couple of minutes during this game already. And I was half awake as Ron Nagara was cross-kicking the ball to Ferguson mm. McFadden. So that, that's what happens, sorry. Ireland get a free kick from a scrum. Boss feeds Ogara, who does this nice cross-kick which goes about 10 metres forward yeah. uh, and perfectly sets up McFadden to slide onto he, it and score. As He takes it really well. Yeah, like he does. He kind of falls onto his knees and slides on his side to regather it. Yeah, yeah. Run in one movement. Yeah, one movement. Uh, it's, it's really, really nice. But I can remember me in my sleepy state, I remember I, I sort of woke <laughs> yes. up to watch, the, yeah. to see the replay and I said, it's a good try but I think that passes a bit forward. <laughs> Not realising he, A, kicked it B, yes, it was forward by about 10, 15 yards. Of course, the referee would notice that. He's got two touch judges and a TMO. You'd have thought that, but on Keith Earls' other try, because um, Keith Earls, of That's course, true. didn't score this try, uh, Andrew Trimble throws it about five metres forward. Yeah. And somehow he gets away with it, but it's before yeah. TMOs could step in on forward passes. Sure. So, so... he just looked at the grounding and went, well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else for me? Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Brien scores a try where he just kills a few people on the way. Yeah, he just you know. runs straight through. Yeah, but, it's a really boring try. Because um, we're kind of, you know, we're just over a year into Sean O'Brien's island career. Yeah. And this was kind of the first time we saw the Sean O'Brien that was playing for Leinster at the time. Yeah, know? and playing at like seven, he, importantly, yeah. as well. He played a very different role for Ireland in the games he played up until this point. Sure. Um, so it was the first time we got to see him properly carrying and going mad and doing things like he did with that really easy try. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think Boss likewise scores a try against the post. Mm. I think Boss was playing. How weird is that? I know. Yeah. Scrum off you with a scrum cap. His entire family came down. He had like really? an extended family, but 12 people came down. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because they all lived on a farm yeah, quite nearby. Yeah, so I assume they brought like cows and sheep down. <laughs> yeah. yeah like the, the, right, there were people just sat on the grass at this game. Really? Like, because there was, yeah. Like, they were. There were people. This is this is gonna be like one of the last World Cup games this will ever happen. Yeah. Where there were people just sat on the grass behind because they only had the stands on the two sides. So you could pay your money and just go and instead of standing on a terrace, you could just go and sit on the grass behind, oh, like wow. you would for like you know watching a local league team. Yeah. Yeah. Just except just the literal World Cup. Yeah. Like you're it's watching. As good as it gets. You're watching quarterfinalists play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like for all we know, Brian O'Driscoll could have played in this game. Yeah. You just turn I up mean, you're just... watching Ronan Nagara, the really pacey fly half with 115 true. caps. It's very, very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Earl scores another fairly boring try mm. where it's, in fact, it's very similar to the one you described in the Dungeons and Dragons scenario where they spread it wide and the yeah. winner drifts off and he just very easily steps through. Yeah. yeah. I call it boring. It's a really nice try. Just, you know, give us some more, man. Uh, it's gutting, isn't it? It's, it's, it's really, really quite sad. He does score a second try as well. Um, yeah, that's Which the one is... I was on about. Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah. First yeah, one was the Trumbull one. Fine, yeah. Um, no, but it's, he takes a nice offload. You know, it's good, yeah, good yeah. rugby. Good rugby. No, yeah, I'm just very hard to please. Yeah. Rob Carney's try. Right. That was nice. So I remember as this happened, as he put the ball down, like just watching it back today, yeah. thinking to myself, I really need to remember this try because that was very nice and I feel like I'm going to forget it. And I have. I remember how he put the ball down. Yeah, no, they um, just spread it, spread it wide, and Heaslip gave this really nice take and give. Yeah, and they'd had this this nice breakout um, from about halfway beforehand. And I think Carney was playing on the wing by this point. Jordan mm. Murphy had come on at fullback uh, when in the previous USA game they played the other way around. Yeah, but I think they wanted to give Murphy a few more minutes at fifteen because he was underused in this World Cup, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, very good player, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. Should we just bomb through the other tries then? Yeah, sure. Tries. sure. Um, so we've covered most of them. Uh, Shane Jennings, oh, I thought had a fantastic effort. Yeah, he, he did. Like, really impressive when he comes on. Yeah, yeah. Um, made a name for himself. Consistently, you know, he turns the ball over a couple of times, uh, which is, you know, not difficult against this Russia team. No, of course. But, but still. also, they had a habit of just flooding 20 men into a breakdown like it's the 70s. Like, every four was hitting breakdowns. Yeah, yeah and he kind of, you know, consistently was just bouncing people off. And he kind of does that on the yeah. way to the, uh, is it called the try line? I think something like cool. that. The goal line, the try line, the yeah, um, yeah home base. But then something like that. he goes to home base. Yeah. yeah, he just goes home base, picks up you know a few bits for his garden, yeah. um, and then heads home. Uh, and in the last minute, right, Tony Buckley, who had had an utterly shite game, <laughs> uh, barrels some people over and scores a try because he is the biggest man alive. Yeah, he's the heaviest man in this rugby world cup. Yeah, Sam Ward was keen to point out. He is a big, big man. Yeah, and yet he is consistently getting destroyed by Russia's scrum. Yeah. So the first like two or three scrums, Ireland are on top, and Ireland have a pretty good nudge on, and Buckley's doing his job, right? And then pretty much from there on out, after a few scrums, I think he's knackered, <laughs> and he ends up shifting across to loosehead because uh, of course you know back in twenty-two man yeah, yeah. Uh, squad, so there's, there wasn't. Two props on the bench, so one of the props had to play the full eighty minutes. Yeah, unless you were Tonga, of course. Yes. Um, so Tony Buckley moves Russia, to loose they, head. They um, put two props on the bench. It's weird. Yeah. Russia went for. It's weird. You would say a five-seven split, no, or whatever, uh, because they didn't put back row on the bench. Except they did because Sidorov plays back row and centre. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, carry on. Your yeah, point. but uh, Buckley then moves over, having been shunted about in 
tight head. He then moves over to loose head and he gets shunted far further. And suddenly Russia are driving them off the ball, like their own ball a couple of times. And I don't, like, it's like I always think with, um, or used to think with Ofer doing a farce when yeah. he was under 20s. I thought he was one of the worst under 20s players I've ever seen. And he's obviously gone on to become, you know, a very good solid yeah, all player. Like, he's he's good now. But because he was getting destroyed by everyone he came up against, despite being the biggest player on the pitch every single time. Yeah. Like, he was really overdeveloped for his age. And Tony Buckley's a bit like that, because he's massive. Yeah. But there's no technique whatsoever. He's just a big lot, like it's, a big wedge. It's weird, because there were times where Ireland would just turn over Russia just mm. cleanly against the head. But you question whether how much of that's down to the hooker. I don't know about scrums. Yeah. But... There were times, and as we were saying earlier, there's this period of sort of 15 minutes or so where Russia are just milking penalties out of yeah. Ireland at will. But and a lot of them are the breakdown, but a lot of them are at scrum time, even before the balls come in. You think about how the Italian scrum completely destroyed Russia in the previous game. Yeah. Um, Very true. Like, yeah. it was... They were, it was nothing like that. It was the most... I think it was the most demolition-y performance at the scrum of this World Cup. Yeah, so far, against yeah, Russia. yeah, for sure. And do you want to hear a great... Quote. South Africa, Fiji's the other one. Oh, yeah. of course it yeah. was. Yeah, no, that was that was Sorry, big. Ca- yeah. Go on, give me a quote. So, um, the... <laughs> Do you know who Russia's scrum coach was in this World Cup? Who was it? Darren Morris. Oh, wow. Former Wales, Cardiff Blues, everyone yeah, else. Barbarians. Front row forward. Darren Lions? Morris. Lions? Did he play who... for the Lions? He did, actually. He did. Yeah. He did, yeah. He played for the Lions. 2001. Won one test cap. Mm. Um, Darren Morris was one of the last breed of properly fat props. Yes. You know. Like he was of that breed of just really big lads who could bend over and push. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was mostly fat, not muscle. No, yeah. Um, but he made a career out of it. All and he was a very solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So he was Russia's scrum coach for this World Cup. He was asked how he thought they performed at the scrum against Italy, and he said, "It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be." <laughs> But you mean Castro only played the last 20 minutes. Yeah. He, they got blown off the ball constantly on both sides of the put-in. Yeah. But I think they maybe won one scrum. Yeah, yeah. So I think they won one scrum penalty. Um, yeah, I think they did. Like, and he kind of went, yeah, yeah, like, oh, that was all right. Yeah. That was all right. Good, give me yeah. a pay rise. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's the standards Russia were pushing for. Sure, sure. So I think this has gone pretty well by those standards. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. he certainly picked it up from here. Yeah, I say today's game, it was nine years ago, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, we... let's talk about Russia. Let's talk about Russia. Let's talk about Russia. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk about tries, why don't we? I mean, first and foremost, they're captain today because there is no caution off starting for them. So they have captaining them instead, the one and only Alexander Yanushkin. Yes. The five foot four scrum half who is simultaneously a child and a dad. He, because he's got such an old face. He does, yeah. Like he looks like his, a different face has been dropped onto his body. Yeah. It doesn't belong at he's all. He's like a muscular seven-year-old. Yeah. The the Kiwi guy from the start that I mentioned who didn't know about anything. Sure. Uh, he probably no, he probably knows a lot about other things. You know, he just yeah, didn't know yeah. anything about Ireland or Russia as rugby teams. Sure. I'm sure he knows loads about Jam. You know, I'm yeah. sure his film podcast talks about this game occasionally because he learned up about it. Yeah. Um. However, yeah. So he. When first introducing Russia, says Russia are, of course, captained by uh, the third shortest man in the tournament. One of the shortest men in the tournament, Alexander uh, Yanushk, Yanush, I can't remember how he pronounced it, but mispronounced yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Whatever. It's which, not my Which two deal. men are shorter than him? But this is the thing. He then, when he comes to introducing the teams and the lineups, he then says Alexander Yanushkin, the shortest man 
in the World Cup. Oh, okay. So, so two I people got it wrong. who were shorter than him have been got shot yes. subsequently. Someone shot Fumi Tanaka yeah. in those 10 minutes. Like, that's yeah. our window. Fumi Tanaka's son was playing, he <laughs> yes. called up. And then he'd subsequently been injured. And, Have you uh, ever seen the out? really adorable footage of Fumi Tanaka and his wife? Or his, no. his partner? No. There's really adorable footage of them eating breakfast when he was at the oh, Highlanders. Oh, man. And because they're is, living is in his, like... Is this missus a unit by any chance? No, no, she's oh. about the same size. She looks really oh. normal. Um, and the two of them are just sat eating breakfast and it's like for a total rugby bit. And he's just being really polite. And on his calendar, he's got like rugby dates jotted down. Um, he's got like a Japan rugby calendar. It'd be nice to marry Fumi Tanaka, wouldn't I know, it? yeah. Should we do it sometime? Oh man, I might. Yeah. I've been tempted for a long time. I'll give it a go. Yeah. yeah. I just, I love Fumi Tanaka. Yeah, a he's lot. a geezer. Yeah. You I know, that guy. And like he was eating his breakfast chopsticks in New Zealand, which, all full. All yeah, everyone absolutely. Fumi Tanaka. So, um, Janushkin though, yeah. Yeah, Janushkin, yeah. from this first try, he picks the ball up from the base and does this very clearly improvised switch with Artemyev. Yes who manages to get past Jamie Heaslip and does this lovely step on Rob Carney, mm. um, where it's not quite an ankle breaker, but it's enough to make Carney look kind of stupid. does it so quickly. With so much balance as yeah. well. It's... And he sprints the line and no one can get near him. Because like, he doesn't have the quick. time to stop and adjust for someone no. covering in the space Carney is. Yeah, but he doesn't need he... to. Yeah. Like, yeah, because he's going at full flight the whole time. And I say, like, he's so quick once he gets going, Artemyev. Mm. And none of the Irish cover were anywhere near. And, yeah. you know, like, they're like Keith Earls, who's famous for his cover tackles, you know. And like, there's mm. a lot of very good defenders in the Irish back line who just were nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And once Artemyev gets going, he is lethal. And it's weird to me that I always forget Artemyev wasn't the captain. Yeah. He's now, to me, just always been the Russia captain. That's what was weird about, you know, Korshinov not playing and uh, them giving it to Jan Yushkin. Yeah. Obviously, Jan Yushkin, I think he captained the sevens team quite a lot, Jan Yushkin. Mm-hmm. So I think that does make sense on one hand. But Artemyev, it, it feels weird that they hadn't uncovered the gem that is him as a leader yeah. at this point. That There's still a couple of years of uh, glazing him, you know, ready to be the captain. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's great seeing his development, isn't it? Yeah, he also didn't have the moustache. Yeah, he looks like a baby, doesn't he? I know, he just doesn't look right. You know, there's something slightly wrong about Artem Yev without the armband and the moustache. Yeah, oh man. I don't know, does he actually do the armband in rugby at all? Like, it's not a thing, is it? People still say the captain's armband. I don't think they do it at all. No, No. I've always meant, I've never checked that. I'm pretty sure they don't. I've never seen one. I've never seen one. I've never seen one. They definitely don't. But it still comes up. Yeah, I know that. It was a rhetorical question. Sure. Um, like but I know did they don't. They ever do it? Yeah, sure. Right. Okay, that's throwing me off completely. Anyway, so Artemyev scores that try, and then Ireland. Get no, back... actually, there's an interesting thing about the switch itself. Yeah, because it's the only time Russia play like that. Yeah, because generally their structure is the fly half is really flat. All of the backs are stood in a different country, <laughs> and they then have to run up from like, say Russia have an attack. We're going to do this. Like yeah. Russia. Oh, in the situation you were in in that game. Okay. 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 Russia would have their 10 stood quite flat to the game line, like on okay. the 22 metre line. You know, continue starting the 15 metre line when the ball comes out. All of Russia's backs would be stood on the halfway line and yeah. would have the longest run up possible. And then would kind of just like fold onto the ball the moment they hit the defensive line. It's not an effective strategy. No, no. Hence why I was trying to uh, go with the forwards. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Even though I wasn't playing as Russia. So I think there's almost something ingenious about the fact that they've been doing this like to lull on into a false sense of security. Sure. And then they do a switch on the gain line. And actually it works because sometimes it's a good idea to do things yeah. close to a defender rather than it's... giving them like 30 yards to wait to tackle you. It's also one of those passes where 
Janusz can slightly misread the line that Artemis <laughs> running. Yeah. Because he's trying to give him a normal pass rather than a switch pass. But I, I think it is partially down to both of their experience playing sevens. Yeah. Because like in sevens, a switch pass is much more like a normal pass rather than like a normal lift for a switch that yeah. to be used to this is going to be lost on a lot of people. But And so Artemis knows how to readjust and take that ball. Yeah. And it's one of those passes that's sort of, it's caught between the line that Janusz thinks Artemis running and the one he actually does. Yeah. Um, and Artemis manages to catch the, catch the ball slightly awkwardly, but doesn't break stride at all. No, it's impressive. He, yeah. he did, everything about it shows what a good player Vesely Artemis is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and likewise, another fantastic finish from Denis Lukevich yes. down the other end. And, and they scored like, both those tries consecutively, it's worth yeah. saying. Yeah. Ireland didn't get another one in between them. And so that was a good, you know, that was a good 10 minutes or so where Ireland didn't get a score, which and is very impressive. But the full game, guy we haven't mentioned, Vladimir Ostrusko. Yes, he's he has a great game. Yeah, I think does. he's the standout player for Russia for me. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Because there's that one point where Agara goes to this speculative, but I guess it's a complete fifty-fifty ball to yeah. Trimble, where it goes cross field, and Ostrushko plucks it out the air just on the edge of twenty-two, so he could have called the mark, mm. but chooses not to, and he gambles, and he manages to go a good fifty meters. Yeah, he's he chased yeah, down. It's, it's funny, like he's midway through that he stops, puts all the money in the world yeah. on him making a line break, and so overcomes. The newest member of the Martian anti-betting yes. tribe, Donakaro Callahan, of all people, who managed to chase him down, who had a really good game, was hauled off by about 55 minutes, which I did have him down in man of the match contention, but I think he was pulled off slightly too early, so I'm not well, going to him, but we'll he, come on to that. He's pulled off because they've got, you know, another big game. Oh, absolutely, later. yeah, it's the right call to, obviously, yeah. because they were safe home and dry by yeah. that point, but yeah, we'll come on to that later, I suppose. But Ostrushko uh, has a couple of really lovely runs, including... One leading up to this, their first chance where Greshev ends up carrying the ball and they end up mm. losing it after getting a penalty. But this one in particular, where they'd set up a backline movement, I, I think originally Ostrushka doesn't quite hit the line he's supposed to, mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't quite straighten up. But he he then really adjusts to that and commits to not straightening up <laughs> and manages to take I think it's Earls on the outside and set up this. It's not a very good pass, but it finds his target in Simplikevich. Yeah. And the entire Irish team come across trying to tackle Simplikevich into touch. And he manages oh. to step around them and carry them with him. Yeah, because he... So he steps and he should go into touch. Like, he yeah. should be... You know, like Rico Ioanni the other week when he just yes. put his foot in the touch line. Yeah. Like, he, it looks like he has, but he doesn't. No, yeah. He then stays in field. He then has basically the entire Irish backline just jump on his shoulders. Yeah. And he's carrying, like, one on each of his six shoulders, seemingly. Yes. As he somehow managed to stay in sheer leg drive and sheer just upper body strength as well to ride these tackles yeah. and ground it in the corner. You know, 20-year-old, or he might have even been 19. I think he was 19. Yeah, My gut tells me he's 19. Yeah. And bear in mind as well, this is his test debut yeah. playing against Ireland. You know, a, a very good team, yeah. you know, make the quarterfinals. And this is his test debut. And at this point obviously everyone's saying you know he's definitely a man for the future and you see how well, good a finisher that is, finish yeah. that is and he really has gone to have a very good career you know mostly in sevens yeah. uh, but he's been a really strong player but, for Russia in both codes so by the end of this World Cup he for certain had offers from four top 14 clubs oh we did didn't he it was Breve and like some other clubs like, I think there was someone bigger as well Yeah, uh, but Breve was like the one who were throwing the most at him they were desperate yeah. for him back when they were you know like a, a reasonably big deal club sure yeah, but there were might have been cast and someone else, you know. Uh, there are at least four top fourteen clubs, and there are probably Premiership clubs interested in him as well. And he turned them all down to stay and play in Russia, you know, because yeah. he wanted to stay near his family and so on. Respect, uh, you know. Yeah, and because he was on a full time deal as a rugby player in Russia, it wasn't like he was 
you know, keeping up with a, a day job or having to do something else on the side. Yeah. But yeah, you know, he could have been a real force. Yeah. And it's something you hear, like you, Jimeno talked about it when he signed for the Highlanders the other week. And it happens quite often when you see tier two players go over that they want to represent the country, you know, and yeah. kind of make a big statement that actually we are good enough to play. Yeah. And there's something more than just your career on the line, you know. And there could have been something in the fact that he would have been presumably the second Russian player to play in the Champions Cup. Yeah. Um, or the Heineken Cup as it was at the time. And, but you know, we've gone on to everyone that Steve Diamond signed. Um <laughs> And has now seen that video I made. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. It does have a knock-on effect, though. There's some players representing the country. Like, you know, you've come across a lot of, you know, like David Kapriashvili was probably the first of the the Georgian front row tribe who've gone over. And that's led to players like um, Aprasidze and Lobsenidze. There's now something like 48 Georgian front rowers playing in two French leagues. It's insane. Yeah. And things like that. Like, Chauncey O'Toole was signed by the Ospreys, right? Didn't go particularly well, but he'd had some good games for Canada. You know, yeah. there was like a lot of hype around him as a young flanker. Yeah. He, he, frankly, I think a large part of him signing for the Ospreys was down to the fact that there'd been a lot of good Canadians playing for the Wales, Welsh teams in the late 90s and early 90s. Sure. You yeah. know, you'd had the, the Snow. Ross Snows and, yeah. the, um, and the likes. So on. Yeah. Yeah. Gareth, De- uh, Gareth, uh, Gareth, Gareth, Reece. Gareth Reece, thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, and so they take a chance on a Canadian. Um, and then, you know, eventually these to Tyler Rajon and Jeff Hassler, both signed yeah. the Ospreys at the same time. Phil Mack gets Phil Mack, the Ospreys, yeah. didn't actually play in the end, did he? Yeah. But I do think there's something subconscious in that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And seeing more Fijians and more it? Tongans come over yeah. and play well has helped them a lot. Yeah, yeah. And there's, it's a shame that we've not really seen that kick on, the amount of Russians playing in the sort of very top Other than with Steve Diamond, yeah. Yeah, other than with Steve Diamond. Yeah, the very top flight. Because you, you've got like, yeah, Moritzov playing. He's at Sale, wasn't he? Yeah. And But there's not that many well, more. And, uh, I guess Ostrakov as well, but also Sale. So. And again, like, what Claremont wanted to bring Taya Gajev in as a medical joker. Oh, right. Um, but he was offered like a, it was like a like a three-month deal with the potential he'll then sign on beyond that. Yeah. Uh, and he turned it down because he said, I want a full-time contract, you know. Fair um, enough. So he took a full-time deal in Russia. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there must have been other clubs that were interested in him. Yeah. And it's a shame that no one signed him. Yeah. You know. And I, I get it. A lot of it. There's a huge language barrier with Russia as yeah. well to anywhere you want to go. Culture Same barrier. Romania. Frankly, yeah. yeah. And it's not like, like a lot of the. You read a lot of interviews with. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I I do anyway. A lot of Georgian props. Yeah. Uh, and like the one with Becca Gigashvili the other day, where he said uh, when he signed for Toulon. He had no. Was it too long? He went to first. I think it was another club in France he went to before. I'm too not long. sure who he's. Um, I think Chile Chavez. He's at too long. Yeah, he's at too long yeah. at the minute. No, right. um, but I, I can't remember too long was the first French club he played for. Right. But he said when he signed, he didn't have a word of French or English. Yeah. Um, and it was often the case that coaches would shout at him in French and they try and translate him to English in case he spoke that better. Right. And he said he didn't speak either. Apparently, he didn't watch a rugby game until he was twenty. Wow. Um, and he kind of he took the game up quite late, but he was a really good and accomplished wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he just was able to translate it over quite quickly and quite easily. Wow. That's um, very impressive. But yeah, he's uh, he yeah he's signed for Toulon too long because uh, he had a few offers from different French clubs. And he signed for too long because Mugu Godze played for there. Oh wow! And he was just like he he knew Godze because he's yeah. like a proper household Mika name. Mikatadze played there, yeah. didn't he? So wow, yeah. that's very impressive. Yeah, and I guess Kubriashvili and Chilichava as well. Yeah, are two examples. They've had some good Georgian players too long, haven't they? Yeah, I know. Fair play. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, that's um, a problem. They've also had Bryce Heem. Basically. Uh, who licked all of the Georgians in the yeah. face. Yeah. Basically, Toulon or Zebra, sign Ramil Geisin. Yes. 
and um, Chad Plato. And Chad Plato and Douglas Raouf, the uh, Brazilian scrum half. Yeah, your um, friend. Who is incredible. I love him. Uh, he's a very good scrum half, but he also looks a bit like a cross between a soul singer and Borat. <laughs> Enough said, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else we want to touch upon before we go into our closing segment? Um, at one point, uh, Simon Ward calls Mike Ross Mike Ford. Um, wow. Yep, and he just doesn't correct himself. There's a great bit where <laughs> Ireland have an overlap. Leo Cullen gets the ball, and he has absolutely no interest in passing it. There's a little pirouette and tries to drive himself. Uh, it's like the complete opposite of him as a coach, where he's so precision and so passing focused, and all the forwards need to be able to pass accurately. Yeah. Like he's just like, I don't care. I'm a second row. I don't. I don't care about that. Have I got anything else? I've got at one more all? thing. Oh no, I have got one. Oh, go thing. on, go I've got on. One other thing, but I sort of want to make it like. It's almost a reason for Man of the Match in itself. It's also Leo Cullen. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on this. Right, okay. So at one point, Ireland are close to the Russian line. They did that a few times. Yeah. Uh, do you pick and go or do you... Just... No. And one of the Russian scrum caps comes off. Leo Cullen spots this from a few metres away. Leo Cullen stood in as like an extra pod receiver or something. Or right. clear out. He spots the scrum cap lying on the floor. And he steps out of formation. And he begins his run up. <laughs> As though he's taking a kick at goal. And frankly, I think it's the best shot at goal we saw all game. Leo Cullen begins his run-up and he properly swings his leg like Johnny Bloody Wilkinson and, like, hoofs it. He clears, like, see like Reese Hodge boots the ball, boot, no, boots the scrum cap way beyond the Russian line and it goes, like, into the dead ball area from him just taking a run-up and hoofing the ball as far or the, that's some, the scrum cap as far as he can. That is some Vincent Rattes tier yep. shit-housery there. Yep, that's... it's like a precursor to Rattes. Yeah. He then, you know, obviously, you know, he then he doesn't go back into formation. He then goes into the ruck as though that was his plan. <laughs> as though, like, you know, no, I wasn't just doing it for the shit-housery. Like, I was going into the ruck anyway. I was going to help clear it out. Fair play. Well done, Leo. I've, I've one more thing as well. <laughs> that uh, Denis Antonov, the Russian <laughs> second row forward, doesn't wear a gum shield. Oh, yeah, I noticed this as well. Yeah, I've got yeah, this yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. And he has several teeth missing. Yeah, I was say, yeah. He doesn't have a gum shield or teeth. Yeah. yeah. He has like a couple of teeth. Like, he has just enough teeth that you notice he's not wearing a gum shield. Yes. Like, because, you know, if he had none, you'd maybe think, oh, is that a coloured gum shield? Like what yeah. Williams has or whatever. But no, he just lacks teeth. And I think we know why. It's because he doesn't wear a gum shield. And yet plays second row. Yeah. In the Russian right? division. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he would have clocked a few, you know. Mm. Yeah. Well, so he's regularly playing against Georgia and Romania. Yeah, exactly. Like, of course you're losing teeth. Yeah, exactly. So if he signed for the Pro Dud, then he would have negative amounts of teeth by now. But his bottom layer of teeth are just about held together. But <laughs> his top layer is pretty much non-existent. Right, should we do this? Should we do Dick of the Day, Man of the Match? Yeah, let's. Cool, okay. Um, start Man of the Match, I reckon. Start Man of the Match. Um, uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Gives me no pleasure to say this because... Not not the biggest fan of him, but Jamie Heaslip. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Jamie Heaslip, I thought was very, very good. Yeah. Should we get him on the podcast? <laughs> I think or he's allergic on his to podcast. Them. I think he's allergic to podcasts. Okay, yeah. yeah. Go on, talk, talk to me about Jamie Heaslip. I thought he was very good. I thought he carried very well. I thought he you know, he actually used his pace as he stopped doing a few years later down the line. It sure. began to disappear and he just stopped sprinting. And he actually passed, which was nice. Yeah. Mostly forward, but he yeah. passed. Sure, yeah. At no point did he ask any stupid polls on Twitter. At no points did he kind of ramble on. And at no points did he throw a hissy fit when he was dropped by the Lions and stopped turning up his training. Sure, sure. Uh, he didn't run a restaurant either in <laughs> this. 
No, that's true. Not in this specific no, instance. Uh, at no point does he serve any food. No. Or any of that. That he co owns with the Carney brothers. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't ask somebody to bring his tw- uh, his uh, phone onto the from the sidelines so we can tweet about podcasts uh, during this game. He but doesn't start any polls. No. Yeah. He does um, all the things that I liked about Jamie Heaslip and none of the things I didn't. No, that's fair enough. That's a very good shout. And I, th- I feel like I think I, he was very much in the running for me, mm. but I instead opted for Sean O'Brien. Okay. Uh, for very similar reasons, like he was working his socks off. This was back in the day where you could have your seven just run around the park rather than stand in a specific yeah, place. Yeah. And so he lapped that up and did loads of that. Again, Donico Callahan chased everything and <clears throat> ran around the park like a headless chicken, but in a good way, mm. uh, which Sean O'Brien also did. So, yeah, mainly for his carrying and I guess some really good turnovers. Sean O'Brien is my man of the match. Cool. Okay. Should we do... Um... <laughs> The Rash Cup Award for Dick of the Day. Oh, well, I will let you know that about a quarter of my notes are dedicated to the list of the Dick of the Day. (laughs) I had quite a few contenders. Like, there's a few things that happened early on where I went, oh, there's my Dick of the Day. There you go. And then things would just be thrown up over and over again. Sure. So do you want to go through yours or should I go through my list? No, you can start. You can start. Should I go through my list? You can start. We can take it in turns. Okay. So... The first player on my list, let me just um, get my quill out as I uh, tick off everything on my list. So the first You're John on my Quill. List... No, he isn't playing. It's no good. No. No good. He wouldn't play for like another six years. Yeah, in a different country. Yeah. The first on my list is Konstantin Rashkov for his not very good kick and that professional foul. Yeah. Yeah. Should I keep going on my list? Please. Sure. So the second is Fergus McFadden for doing an ant finger. By which I mean, that could mean many things. Yes. But he did a forward pass which went into touch. Yes, so he that, did. Yeah, yeah, very similar to Antfinger against Ireland, ironically. So maybe he took inspiration from him. Then I have Garbazov for his professional foul, which resulted in a try. There's so many things that Garbazov is guilty of there. And as well, Craig Joubert for not sending him off. <laughs> have I named your dick of the day there? No. Is, is your dick of the day a certain Irish winger? Or Go on. Does Go it involve? On. Okay, okay. So there is an incident towards the end of the first half. Right. Do you know where this is going? I don't at think all? I do. Okay. So Ireland are in the Russian twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Ronan O'Gara carries the ball in, and Denis Antonov is the player who makes the tackle. Mm-hmm. O'Gara's going for the try line at this point. You know, he's between the posts. He's about five yards out from the try line, if that. Antonov tackles him and pins him to the floor. Ireland are recycling the ball, ready to start picking and going. Am I allowed to talk about picking and going? Yeah. Ireland start picking and going. Mm-hmm. And Antonov is still pinning Ronan O'Gara to the floor. I can't believe you didn't see this. No. Uh, O'Gara starts trying to wrestle, wriggle free, start fighting back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonov like, puts his hand somewhere in Ronan O'Gara's face. Nice. And really keeps him down and starts tr- really trying to wind him up. He Duncan McRae's. Yeah, 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 a yeah. little bit, a yeah. little bit. Uh, not quite as vigorous, but yeah. At which he shows restraint. Yeah, he's, a, he's being a massive nuisance. At which point, Andrew Trimble walks over and sees what's happening. Craig Joubert sh- like, starts shouting at Antonov, let him go, let him go. But I think he only does it once, actually. Mm-hmm. Trimble walks over and is doing anything he can to get Antonov off O'Gara and just can't shift him whatsoever. <laughs> so Antonov is there crawling all over O'Gara. Yeah. He has him. He's ready to start smacking him for no reason. And Trimble's there going, no, get off him, get off him. Antonov cannot feel it. And so Trimble manages to remove Antonov's scrum cap because he's trying that hard to remove the player yeah. that he takes his scrum cap off instead and 
thinks, oh no, I don't want this. I want his head, not his scrum cap. And then at which point Leo Cullen runs in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he still can't get him off. So Trimble has to walk round, and it's a pretty leisurely walk. Mm-hmm. Craig Joubert started telling Trimble not to get involved two or three times right. at this point, and then says, no, get off him, to Antonov, who's still lying on Agara. Yeah. This has lasted about 15, 20 seconds at this point. And then Trimble <laughs> grabs Antonov's boots. I don't know if he's trying to remove it or drag him. <laughs> That's desperation, isn't it? Yeah, he drags his boot and then just starts dragging him. Antonov is still on Ogara. He's dragging both of them with him until eventually Antonov lets go. And Jubei kind of goes, no, 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 that's a penalty. It's like, ironic, isn't it? Because they go take him by the leg because he can't go anywhere without his legs. Yeah. I know, yeah. He actually, he's going somewhere with his legs. Yeah. He's taking Ogara he's, with him. He's, he's getting dragged away. And this is just before Isaac Boss scores, mm. by the way. So it's quite easy to pinpoint. Again, I might attach a video of this somewhere yeah. because it's really funny. But yeah, uh, he dr- managed to drag him off. And then Ogara just kind of gets up like, what the hell was that all about? And... <laughs> Trimble's kind of thinking, like, did I just win a fight against the second row? Like, no, 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 you definitely didn't. It took you a long time to get get around that. And then Antonov goes back and tries to commit a technical foul by slapping the ball out of Isaac Boss's hands because he clearly thinks he's going to the bin anyway. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that, doubling down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Joubert does give penalty advantage, but Ireland score anyway. But Antonov was being a massive dick, and Trimble just did not know how to deal with it. So my dick of the day for being such a winger is Andrew Trimble. I'm completely on board with that. Yeah. I, I want to double up and give that, but I didn't notice it. Yeah. And say so I'll attach the video somewhere. But here's the thing. I had lots of examples in which, like, okay, Garbazov and Rashkov could both be dick of the day for the most blatant two events sure. of the World Cup. But I want to give... I only have Garbazov man of the match for it. Okay. Like, I love it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, oh, wait, no, I, I haven't given you man but of the match, haven't you? I, yeah, I considered it. You know, I thought about it very yeah. deeply. Very, very deeply. Three cheers yeah. for uh, Andre Garbazov. However, I had a few other contenders. There's Artem Fadikov, the other Russian flanker. Okay. Twice <laughs> just steps over the ruck when, you know, there's a ruck properly formed. He steps over it and tackles the scrum off before he can pick the ball up. Twice. And clearly it was just his thing. You know, he just went like, this is what I do. This is what I like doing. You can get away with it in the Russian leagues. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, you know, like only once the referee picks up on it. So once he gets pinged, an island kick for the corner. Uh, The other time, just nothing happens. Like, no one does anything. Like, he just kind of shoves Isaac Boss over. Boss kind of falls over, kind of turns the referee like, what are you going to do about it? And he's just like, get on with it. (laughs) Which I I enjoyed. I was all for that. And then Keith Earls, just generally... Um, sure. Andrew Trimble as well, for some reason, annoyed me, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Now uh, you know. Was, and now now I know there's that. It's being a massive winger all game. Yeah. And Leo Cullen I had as well for, for, for not passing and for the head guard thing, which again, is a man sure. of the match nomination yeah. more than anything. Like, it's, it's great, great shithousery. However, my dick of the day for being the biggest man alive and yet made to look like Andrew Trimble was Tony Buckley. Okay. That's was Tony right. Buckley for contributing Justified. nothing but getting battered around the park. And then by... having your dusty to score. Yeah, but like like Sergei Popov, the Russian loose head, right? I didn't I don't know if you saw any of their team photos for Russia. No. But they all look like someone should have a pencil up their bum as they're taking the photo. Like all of them are pulling these like, oh faces. I'm like Sergei Popov, and like he doesn't look like this generally, but in his photo he looks like a like a lesbian school teacher in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> like it's it's incredible that that guy is then battering Tony Buckley, this enormous, enormous man who's played like 200 game professional rugby. Yeah, so Tony Buckley is my dick of the day. 
That's fair enough. <clears throat> That's a few worthy nominations. I mean, there's a lot more dicks than men in this yes. game, clearly. Yeah. So, yeah, fair play. We've done well there. Fantastic. Okay, so, unless you have any other business... I don't believe I do. Cool. That brings us through the latest episode of the finest film podcast to talk about the Rugby World Cup match in 2011 between Ireland and Russia, which finished 62-12. I do, in fact, have one thing I'd like to say. Okay. Is that um, I would like to thank... I can't remember your name, but somebody on Twitter sent me a picture of Deacon Marno with his stat sheet photoshopped onto Love Actually, which <laughs> I think was, was very much appreciated. And one of the person who I think was joking said something about writing Deacon Marno fan fiction. So if you get round to that, it is encouraged. Please. So, yeah, please, please, please write Deacon Marno fan fiction. Yeah, just say post it in review, send it wherever, yeah. uh, but please send it to Israel Falau. Yes. Um, he will really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's really into the idea of someone having sex with a stat sheet. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, speaking I'm... of engagement, I would just like to thank everybody who from several episodes ago contributed to the chain of tweets from Chad Plato. Yes! We, we, came, touch we got on this, so we? close, didn't we? Yeah we, got, for Zebra. yeah, we got to like 21 tweets out of 25. Yeah. So Zebra have not given him a contract as of yet. Yeah. It's not too late. There I were a few think. people, though, that just replied to him rather than joining the chain. Yeah, it yeah. Count. Like, no, no, no. no say, like, that doesn't count. I appreciate the engagement. I appreciate everything, but it doesn't I count. I don't. It's not fucking like, good enough. No, 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 no. No, no, you need to join the chain. Oh, wait, like, sorry, you need to, come on, come on. If you're listening and you saw it, you thought it was good, whatever... We need Chad Plater to sign for Zebra. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is like a big, big we do, deal. We do appreciate your efforts, yeah. genuinely. But I mean, look, Chad isn't getting that deal. You know. Yeah. You've you've got to stick it on the end of that chain, and it's not too late. You know, you're not getting judged by the thirty, uh, the twenty odd people who will be tagged in the tweet. No. You know? No, we're all here. We all judging. appreciate it. We all want this for Chad Plato. Yeah. We all want that notification to come up with a full stop. Yeah. We all want one day to see the greatest possible. Signing news, you know, we want yeah. to see Planet Rugby or wherever report on Namibia wing Chad Plato, statistically the best player at the last World Cup. Yeah, signs for Zebra at Plato Chad on Twitter, please, and just join on his one tweet. Uh, I hope people have listened to that previous episode. Yeah, yeah, um, it's the episode with Sam Lana on it where we talk about uh, uh, Tonga Japan, Japan, Tonga yeah. Japan for yeah. reference. Um, speaking of that game, though, uh, that is not the next game. The next game, <laughs> next time, <laughs> will be. Uh, no, it's a proper banger. Like, it is one of the games of the tournament. It is Scotland against Argentina. I will add, yeah, just to, to build a bit of hype for this episode. This next game is the reason why we started this podcast. We were like we were we were discussing this particular um, episode, this particular match, when we decided we would go ahead with this podcast because we love like it's such a good game. Yeah, and I haven't rewatched it since it happened. Oh, really? I, I yeah. think I have once. I've but... rewatched the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, but okay. I haven't rewatched the game in full. We'll come on to this when we have because we have potentially a guest on with oh, us. As fingers well. crossed. But. Uh, yeah, we'll come on to that then. But this is a really good... And like, if you're going to pick out a couple of games in the pool stage to watch, this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a proper dramatic World Cup game. Yeah. Because it is a winner-takes-all decider of who gets out of that group. Yeah. You know? It's good as winner qualifies and plays the All Blacks in the quarters and gets knocked out. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. So, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone. Um, except Mark Kermode and, um, and his lawyers. Um, Does Mark Kermode have more lawyers than us? No, he doesn't. He's only got like two. Oh, really? Yeah. So we could have him. 
if he doesn't mention Ireland well, versus Russia in the next like, one. The thing legally, is, he has to now. The thing is, like most of our most of our lawyers, like currently working with Carly Rae Jepsen on the lawsuit that we can't talk about. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I should, I like, we mention can't. That, we I? can't mention. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a big deal. We can't talk yeah. about it. It's fine. No, it's yeah. not. It's fine. We can't. That's like we just can't. sixteen of the eighteen lawyers. We've only we got two sat with us now. Yeah. We just we can't we can't do that. Right yeah. Now. Um. It's not really feasible. Hence no. why I have, I've just to- taken an order. The restraining order is fine. Um. Okay, right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And we'll see you next time for Los Pumas against Los Fissel. Thank you very much and goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.